Cookie's driving my uh, car. A guy just jacked me uh, calling here. He just stole his uh, NASCAR driver. So we're going to take the Mustang out for a quick ride. So. Pathways to Hope, which is helping offenders pursue excellence. That's kind of what we're doing, right? We're an organization that I go in, I go in once a week um, on my own now. So once a week, I spend an hour with the vets and I spend an hour with the, the civilian pod and I just talk to them. I'm just real with them. I share them my own struggles and then I bring some of my life struggles to them. I'm like, how do I deal with my, my kids' school? How would you deal with, like, I'm running all these situations and I empower them to answer back because I'm like, I'm guaranteeing you when you get out, these are some of the things you're going to have to deal with. So if you help me, I'm helping you. Right. Then we do a 40 hour course. So we teach them. Uh, so I go in there once every other month and for a whole week, it's 22 lessons during a week. We start on Monday and on Friday and um, it's teaching them the basics. Again, it's financing, job discipline, mental health, emotional intelligence, expectations versus realities, resume building, all these things to get their brain churning again, that they can be successful. And then, so when they graduate that, but the people that are coming in, it's just not me teaching. I bring it in the community. Yeah. Why am I bringing the community in? Because what if social media and the news portrays all of them as criminals, mass murderers, you know, worthless. I want them to see that some of these guys are geniuses. Some of these guys just have bad luck. They fall on luck and they just need some, they need somebody to help them motivate them through. So the community I have come in teaching. And so it's really cool because at the end, I usually have those instructors come back to the graduation. And they'll see that these guys, the community now sees that these guys aren't bad. And the guys in the jail see that the community actually does want to help them and yeah. bridging that gap. So then when they get out, they, cause I'm like, you can tell me whatever you want to hear in jail. You're going to tell me whatever. I don't believe none of you. I don't. Yeah. What's going to happen is do you actually apply this when you get out of jail, when life hits you in the face with the $5 gas, the $17 watermelon, the baby mama drama, the homeboys, that's when, let me see you then because now we have a class, so it's a 2.0 version of that every Monday night where they can come and they meet me and they go, okay, hey, these are the struggles I'm having. Now we start getting the community involved in what resources are out there for these guys, housing, schooling, finances, food stamps, getting their crucials. It's amazing how many veterans don't have any other paperwork, don't have social security cards still or a driver's license. Yeah. And then on top of that, tier three is, now I want the community involved in embracing these guys. So because a lot of these guys are going back to their environments that cause these issues. Yeah. So I may be able to not stop their environment or how they can interact. But what I can do is now get the community involved in mentoring them. So now they're paired up with mentors because we all need that one person that we can call when we're struggling, when we, when we don't know what to do. So when these guys run back into a situation and their vice used to be drugs, alcohol, yelling at their spouses, um, going hanging out with the wrong people. Now, before they make that choice and they struggle, they now have somebody that they can call that's a third party, basically from the community that they can just vent to or say, hey, I lost my job. What resources are out there? Or, hey, I just need to talk. Because yeah. we all just need somebody to vent to sometimes. Yeah. So that's, we're trying to change that dynamic now within the environment of it, incorporating the community and these guys bridge those gaps and get them, not give them their stuff, but empower them to not, when the door hits them in the face, just quit. Yeah. 
because we didn't we didn't quit on the battlefield we didn't quit in the military we kept going no matter what the struggle was shot at you know a deadline on a report getting yelled at we didn't didn't lie down and say okay well that's it i'm useless yeah throw your hands up walk away yeah but we also had good teams behind us right you had good enlisted you had good officers behind you that made you successful i had great soldiers and great officers within my in my years that helped me help me when i fell down or what yelled at me when I needed to be yelled at or praised me when I got praised. Yeah. The mere fact that I, that I, you know, uh, I was promotable to W5, but the fact that I made that given how I was enlisted, because I had those, those mentors and those guys were like, Hey, pull your head out of your ass. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can go and do better things than what you're doing. Uh, you know, but you're not going to get there with the way you're acting now, you know, as a young E4 and E5. I didn't make first sergeant by myself. I had a team behind me that helped guide me to be a first sergeant. I didn't, I did not make first sergeant on my own. Yeah. Well, uh, gentlemen, if I could, again, Tom, it always amazes me. I seem to be in the, the right place at the right time. Um, and since the very beginning, there's, there's been something on my mind because even though, um, you know, I've, I've had a successful life by, if you looked at my family history, uh, I was chaptered out of the army at 20 years old. Um, you know, mm. so my civilian life began young and also began feeling like a failure, right? And that somehow I want to make that, you know, maybe that's part of the contribution is to show men that even though, um, you know, I should have been that statistic. Not, I didn't face a, a if you added uh, any type of a, uh, addiction to my, what, what was going on, guaranteed, you know what I'm saying? Guaranteed that would have been me. Um, and, and I think it's important that those men that are, you know, chaptered uh, under, or, you know, anything less than whatever, you know, I was uh, uh, chaptered uh, under honorable. So I could sit here and justify, say, well, I get all my benefits. It wasn't that bad. But, but the thing is, is it's a different, it's a different mindset that if you let it can dictate the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I refuse to do that. And I think part of that was because I was fortunate enough to to be in the 82nd Airborne. And, I, you know, we jokingly make, yeah, but we jokingly make fun. But I think that had enough of a, you know, uh, imprint on me. Because I, I got chaptered uh, freaking three months before my ETS, dude. Oh, wow. So I got I got four Article 15s and uh, um, six months after I changed a command. I, I thrived under uh, those Vietnam veterans that, uh, mm -hmm like to dog you when you showed up hungover and whatever mm. misdeed and uh anyway that's that's besides the point but yeah that somehow i'm gonna i want to find a way to make that my personal contribution and that's what i love about these conversations is our, our missions all line up no matter what our niche in the overall work we're the solution and it's perfect because one person in the community can't be the overall solution and I love how we're all targeting these areas that are, you know, in our hearts to bring these guys home, you know, yeah. and that's, that's really what it is. But I always say it, I love this. Maybe this will be my catchphrase when I'm famous. Um, veterans don't know what's missing in their lives until they fill it with veterans, bro. I only, like I tell people all the time, I still only feel comfortable around two groups. One is uh, a, 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 vet group that I work that I volunteer with the uh, merging vets and players 
that meets up uh, here in Dallas once a week. Um, it's combat veterans and athletes that come together. And the other one is in the jail. That's the only time, other, those are the only two groups I feel comfortable around that I'm, that I'm at peace, that I'm not thinking or watching my back or, and you would think like, man, you're in the jail. You need to be watching. Like, I don't, I walk through there. I, I talk to people. I, I listen to them. I try to empathize with them. I try to give back and I try to take, you know, what, like, what are your struggles? What are you guys working on? I'm not saying I'm going to be able to fix the justice system. I'm not going to be able to fix the finance or the housing, right. but let me know what your, what your struggles are and let me try to go and find felon friendly employers um bring your voice to the community find these big donors that are out there that are given what uh, given away millions of dollars to programs that they don't even know if their programs are successful let me bring those donors into the jails and let them see what where their money is going because maybe they won't change it but what i've done is i brought in donors and, and shown them that some of the maybe they'll never see it or maybe the donor won't see it but i guarantee the next time somebody you know, files for some money, maybe they're thinking, well, what, is my money actually going to do what it's supposed to be doing? Is it helping? Or maybe they'll change their questioning of, okay, well, I just went and saw these guys in jail. They're saying they're not getting this and this and support, but my money is going here, here, and here that says they're doing this. So checks and balances, like where, where is it at? So I'm kind of an instigator, but it's, it's for the good. right reasons. It's, yeah. they need this. They don't have the support in there, you know, and like I said, most of these guys are genuinely wanting to change, but don't know how to change. And they need that good influence in their life, whether that be a mentor, a community leader, a community sponsor. So finding those felon friendly employers, finding veterans that have been successful, that are in areas of influence now, that are up in CEO positions or that are in businesses that, that'll help bring a veteran in or, you know, finding them uh, those kind of resources is, is really what I'm doing is really going out there trying to find out where are we hiding that we can all make a difference and help our brothers and sisters get to where they can be comfortable and not be rich. I tell me, you know, y'all ain't going to get the Corvette. You're not going to get the million dollar house. You got to start somewhere yeah. and have a, a five-year goal, right? Where are you going to be in five years right now? When you get out, you're going to have to settle for a sucky job, sucky place, yeah. sucky life. I'm not going to fix your life. Your life's going to still suck when you get out of jail. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. but how do we make it better? Yeah. How, how are you going to make it better? That's right. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, you bring it up that everybody wants everything now, because that's kind of how society is, right? So we get with social media and everything, everything's now, 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 now. Um, but I will tell you that there's a lot of people that live in million dollar homes that are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, and things like that. And I have a lot of friends of mine that, that live in the backwards country of Missouri, and they're happy as can be. You know, and they wouldn't change their life or anything. I kind of try to tell the vets now too, is, you know, one of my biggest issues ever since I've been wasn't that what you kind of said, and I'll say it in the, in the mean way, entitlement. Yeah. I believe a lot of veterans are entitled and I did 26 years. So people think, oh man, you're in, you should begin. I don't think the country owes me crap. I signed up. I signed up. I signed to reenlist. I kept reenlisting. I kept volunteering for all the stuff that I did. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I'm, I'm entitled to what I was due to my contract. My contract said you did 26, you get these benefits. This is what you get as far as pay. Now, whatever the, you know, my disability and all that goes through the VA, whatever that, all that works out. 
that's that's all extra and stuff but i do not go anywhere believing i'm an entitled person yeah and i think that's what's really wrong with our society not just within the vets it's it's really bad within the veteran community well and, and i think society itself you know as a parent you have to teach your kids that right so i i taught my kids that lesson and one of the good things i bring up right so we're big gamers you're a big gamer and so we were playing uh, i don't forget destiny i forget what game my son was playing my older son who's in college now and he got in trouble and I said, if you do it again, I'm going to delete one of your characters. Oh. He says, do I get to pick the character? I said, no. I picked the character. <laughs> and you know as well that some games it take, you know, in Destiny, you know, to get up to a high level, it's a lot of work. And you want to you talk about, there you go. Kicking <laughs> it old school, there you go. <laughs> uh, and you want to talk about him straightened up. Well, and another thing too, Lloyd, my youngest one, started playing. And Junior started playing Fortnite when it first came out, mm-hmm. right? Lloyd is now playing Fortnite, and Lloyd's eight, which is fine. I, I love video games. I think it's fun. I think, I think it, anything is a parent. It's my duty to watch them to make sure they're not doing anything they're not supposed to be doing, and blah blah blah. Anyway, I'll, whatever. But it's tied to my credit card. The account mm-hmm. is to to be able to play online. Well, Lloyd went in and he bought this suit or something from four he knew better right and it was a hundred bucks you know what i made him do i made him go empty out his piggy bank and pay me back yeah made him physically go there count out now now he doesn't know i put it back in his account but the fact that he now knows Mm -hmm. how many parents would have just yelled a kid and and didn't make them suffer something from it right because that was money that he had saved and he was saving it for something He's never done it since then. And he was six at the time. He's eight. That's what you do. Like everything, my, like I try to tell my son, he thinks he's slick, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. Everything he does is tied to me. Like all of his accounts, YouTube, all of the accounts, all of his emails, they're, they're, they're tied to me. And so when he goes and like makes a comment on a YouTube video or something like that, I'm like, hey, um, I saw that comment you did and I took it down or, you know, stop coming because it's actually, it's under my name. And I'm like, stop doing that. So he's just like, I'm like, I will shut it down. I will shut your 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 access to it immediately. It doesn't matter where I'm at in the world. I still can shut your stuff down. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, Junior will ask you, there's no gray area with dad, right? Mm-hmm. I, I am black and white. I tell you, if you do this, this is what's, and sometimes that's hard for parents, right? And mm-hmm. I'm the same way with Lloyd. If you don't do A, you know B is coming, period. <laughs> It, that's just how it is but you know and my older sister uh you know she will always operate in the gray area and her kids didn't turn out as good as they could have been you know yeah. for different reasons could have been right or wrong but just like in the military we knew our boundaries right and when you get out you don't have those boundaries and just like a child those child need to know they have boundaries and i think sometimes when when kids get older uh, parents become more of our friends and not their parents and i used to tell junior all the time i'm your dad I'm not mm-hmm. your friend. I'm not your buddy. I'm your dad. And as long as you live under my roof, these are the these are the rules, and this is what's going to happen. At age twelve, he was doing his own laundry and cleaning his room. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's important for kids to learn life skills and how to balance a checkbook than it is more so than anything else. Um, and I'm doing the same thing with Lloyd. And not not to be mad or mean, but Junior knows knows how to cook. He knows how to take care of himself. He knows how to do all those things. Uh, because to me, it was important because I was taught that as a kid. And, and always dignity and respect others. Uh, you know, one thing I told Junior, 
with social media is like, oh, well, so-and-so was saying this about me. I was like, fine. When you see him at school the other day, walk up and ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Get in his face. Because I guarantee you he ain't going to talk about it when you're in his face, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I teach the importance of, you know, kids being able to defend themselves. You know, bullying is a big issue and, and a huge problem. Uh, both my kids have, have done Taekwondo. Lloyd's in Taekwondo now. I think, I think it's important to ha- kids to have that self-discipline and that respect that they learn uh, doing martial arts. Uh, and, you know, it's helped Junior out uh, you know, with a couple of bullying instances where he just, he just protecting himself, but he beat the kid up. But he was protecting yeah, so himself, and I have no issues with that. That is, such a, that is such a veteran mentality, too, because I am the exact same way. So I, my son is a military brat, too. All he knows about is guns, suicide prevention, everything that I've done. I'm very transparent, very open. Everything that's happened in my life, he knows about and has been part of because I want him to understand the way that I am and why I operate the way I am and to be able to help me when I don't know how to help myself. And I've, yeah. I've, I put that on him at not, he just turned 10, I'm sorry, but he's been at that. And I, when I got out, my family still lives in Ohio and I would put him in an area that's very, 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 very safe. The problem with that is putting them in a very, very safe areas has now put them in a, in a bind because they not, they don't understand military very well. And so him talking about guns has scared the children around him. Him talking about suicide prevention has been a topic of multiple, multiple uh, discussions with multiple schools on his ability to be a peer, his ability to understand his feelings, his understandings of, of being able to do stuff has them again with me and so i put him in taekwondo he's i'm going to go see him in a tournament he's gotten three goals in the last two tournaments nice and but the school you know has he's had altercations there and i said there's two rules in my house on this i said one is if you start it me and you have issues i said but if you're defending yourself or defending somebody else we're going fishing ice cream i don't care what the school does to you but he's gotten into altercations and one altercation you know, finally was, it came out to light and he's like, I get a call. And it's like, Hey, your son had to go see the doctor. The other kids seen the doctor, everything's okay. Um, but the kid admitted to knocking my son down and they asked me because my son defended himself and ended up doing more damage to, can I talk to him to be less violent when on this? And I said, no, that kid admitted to knocking my son down. My son got up and finished it. He is not going to get in trouble and I am not talking him down. And so my other thing is one of the things happen. I take, I make sure that my wife tells the Taekwondo master say, Hey, this is the altercation of my son gone to help him better defend. And I've gotten, I've gotten, we got talked to is, Hey, just letting you know that this is a state that will, you know, it's double repercussions. It doesn't matter who starts it, both of y'all get in trouble. And I said, I don't care. I said, teach my son how to defend himself. And you know what the master told, told my wife, this you guys are the rare family that tells that is telling us that it is that you want us to teach them extra stuff. I said, what are these kids in here for then? Right. If they're not in here to defend themselves and be able to sit there and, and, and be against it, why would I want my son not to learn more and how to defend himself? That's, that's opposite of what I'm paying. <laughs> well, that's one good thing about jujitsu, right? Jujitsu teaches you that, you know, junior did jujitsu for a while and wrestled. And, you know, I always tell my son, uh, you don't start a fight, but you damn well better finish it. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my dad was always that way. And my, my dad was a bad dude. My dad ran with motorcycle gangs and not just guys that put shit on your back. He no shit was in motorcycle gang in Kansas city. 
And my older brother and sister, their life, because they're nine, eight, nine years older than me, is completely different than mine. Because mm-hmm. uh, they grew up with motorcycle gang members sleeping in the house and waking them up to make them breakfast and things like that. And dad had to get away from that and, and moved away. And, and my, me and my younger sister's life was completely different from theirs. But, but and that's one thing he always said, you know, you, you don't start it, but you finish it. And you always have a right to defend yourself. And, and um, you know, Junior beat up two kids in our neighborhood one time because they jumped him. And Junior picked up a stick and defended himself. Well, one kid was three years older. And the dad called me. I said, well, I got a problem with your 14-year-old son jumping my nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you wanted to talk, talk up further, we can go outside. I don't have no issues or problems, right? He was just upset because Junior, Junior thumped them both. But, you know, he, they shouldn't have been jumping him to begin with. But, but here's the thing, too. When people, Junior dealt with this. When, junior, when people found out he was a second-degree bat belt, they would try to push him into fighting, right? And this is, this is where it comes to, well, you better finish your fight. Because not that I condone hurting people or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But it will get rid of the people wanting to try to start a fight with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes one good kid getting his butt kicked. And none of the other kids are going to mess with you. You usually end up with more friends afterwards because I see that you are standing up for yourself. You are a person that they maybe surround you with. And you end up with more friends after that because you're going to have more people that either are with you because they need help being defended or because they see that you're actually a nice person and they're going to want to be around you because like, oh man, that's horrible. You know, you didn't start it, but you know, glad you finished it. Or, hey, I've been bullied by that guy for so long. And you're going to end up with a bigger friend base because you didn't start it. You chose the high road, but then you also didn't take any BS at the end of the day. Yeah. And, that, and that's important. And, and I carried that through my military career. You know, I, I never, I never looked for a fight. I never enjoyed it, but I would never back down from one. You know, you just, I guess when you get older, uh, you kind of think differently. But that's what I, how I, you know, my, why my son is trained in suicide prevention and is comfortable coming to talk to me when he yeah. sees me angry or off. Because just like you said, we never ran from a fight. We always ran yeah. to it. There yeah. was never a point that I ever ran from a firefight or ran from right. a situation because yeah. that was what I was trained to do. That wasn't who I was with. You know, I spent 82nd. I was with a lot of SF groups. I was with SOCOM. I was a lot of guys that did a lot of good stuff around this world and they never ran from anything. And I didn't want my son to ever be scared of me. I didn't want him to see me off or I didn't know what was going on and go, yeah. I don't know how to help my dad. So I've taught him my triggers. I've taught him how to assist in QPR and a lot of these things. And in that, why it's threefold. One is he can help me. Now he can, now he feels comfortable talking to me Two is now he's identified stuff within himself that he's able to Hey, I'm, if I'm dealing with something, I know I can go talk to dad because dad deals with stuff too. Yeah. Three. Now he's actually an asset to his school because he, it's all about peer to peerness. Yeah. He now can identify stuff with amongst his peers that the teachers and parents will never know. And they're comfortable okay. talking to him. Yeah. He now knows he can bring them to us or the teachers or mainly us to be able to get them the resources they need to stop the next, any issue that we have in our school. Yeah. So well, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I do the same thing with my boys. Cause obviously you can Google me and pages and pages come up. Right. And so that's a hard conversation to have with junior, you know, when he was younger, but at Lloyd's age now. But Lloyd, the other day in school, so he's got a new principal at his school. He goes to a private school. And uh, one of the kids in school, in his class, said he wanted to kill himself. He was, one of the kids said that. Now, there's many, but you know what Lloyd did? Lloyd very calmly 
walked up to his teacher and told his teacher what went on. And this is what the teacher's telling me. She goes, the, the fact that he was so poised and calm, you know, was, was amazed. And so she goes and she talks to the boy and they talk to the boys because you never know what's going on in, in kids' lives. And he said he was just joking around or whatever, but he's got a very good teacher. And so the principal was asking me, you know, why, why did, that's not a normal reaction that I think an eight-year-old should have with that situation. And so I just sent a link to my website and said, this is because this is what I do. You know, this is what, this is why he acts the way he does. But you're right. They become an asset because they know more what's going on than parents and teachers. Whatever. I always tell parents, if your kid plays games online, go sit in a room where you can hear them and listen to what they're talking about. Cause they're playing with a group of friends from school. They're talking about what's going on with school in their day. And, you know, Tommy likes this person or that person, or this happened with this teacher or whatever. I remember junior had a civics teacher and he would put, he would tailor the questions on the test to whatever the popular video game was that the boys, kids were playing at that time. And so he, he would incorporate questions from Fortnite, No Man's Sky, whatever game that the popular game and kudos for him for knowing he's probably a big gamer too. Uh, but, and then I would hear junior and them talking about, Oh yeah, you know, so-and-so put, you know, this test about, you know, on this on Fortnite and blah, 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 you know, and, and how, what a great connection to have, you know, and, and I think that when you go and talk to the prisoners, Tom, and you bring your military experience and past, I think that's why they connect with you, whether they've been in the service or not. And I, and I think no matter for whatever reason, somebody's in prison, they're still a human being, um, you know, and I think everybody has the chance or the ability to make change in their life, whether it's coming out of the prison system, whether it's you know, mental health issues or whatever, you have that ability. Oh, and I came up with a little saying that I said, you know, we can't change the past, but we have the ability to change tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you can make that change or even today, you can make that change today. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, as we wrap this up, Tom, uh, mm -hmm. I would like to say thank you for coming on my podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed our friendship over the years. I know we, we go through times where we don't talk a lot, but maybe we'll, we'll connect more often. I want to invite you uh, anytime, uh, come to Virginia, visit my home here. Uh, you're more than welcome here anytime. If you're in town uh, traveling or whatever, you're, you're welcome to come in. But as we close it out, I'd like for you to, if you have any parting words, or last words to say, uh, feel free to go ahead and jump in. No, I, I greatly appreciate it. I, I respect your friendship and everything you're doing in the mental health field. I love it. Um, yes, we're going to continue this conversation. There's a lot more projects I'm involved with that I want to get you involved with um, on, a, on a national levels. Um, but yes, if you're in Dallas, Fort Worth area and you want to give back to veterans or just uh, incarcerated in, in general, um, get with me, get with Cliff to get with me, um, to mentor resources, whatever, you know, in the, in the area that will help second chances of these guys of veterans and, and just civilians in general. Well, I, I, mean, I, I tell you what, when my book comes out, you let me know and I'll, I'll ship you some free books. Man, they'll love it. Thank you. You know. But hey, Mental Health Wars, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tom today. Uh, he's a great person. We'll, we'll make sure we have all the links to things that he does and everything. But, you know, just go out and, and please remember the incarcerated veterans we have out there. They're kind of a forgotten group. And I'm really was happy for Tom to come on and, and talk about that because uh, I got a little educated today and I hope you did too. Uh, but you guys have a great week and take care of yourself. Remember, pick up that phone, call that family or friend. Veterans Day is coming up very quickly here. Uh, you know, it's, it's the time for reflection for a lot of veterans and, and to take the time to think of veteran, uh, you know, and it's just, you know, we give so much, but we chose to give that much. Um, you know, if you're not a Vietnam veteran, everyone wasn't drafted and you chose to join. Um, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, be sure to go out to veteranstrashtalk.com. Watch all of our podcasts. 
Uh, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all, we're all over the place. Truth Social, Rumble. Uh, we're all over the place. Rally Point. Uh, I do a lot of writings on Rally Point. Uh, but everybody take care. Have a great week.